This podcast, number 860, with author Allison Lewis about her book, The 7-Minute Solution, Creating a Life with Meaning 7 Minutes at a Time, is brought to you by Gerald Gangram, the highly decorated officer in the U.S. Army, now retired. He flew the Apache helicopter and completed hundreds of missions in Afghanistan. In my podcast with Gerald, we discuss his mission, leadership focus, and what it's like being a black officer in the military. He definitely tells great stories and shares lots of advice on how to become a good servant leader. Gerald has been invited to speak in multiple events to share his inspirational stories that really motivate his audience. His personal stories and turning points in his life make his crowd emotional and with impactful takeaways he provides in every speaking engagement. If you want to learn more about Gerald Gangram and have him as a keynote speaker in one of your events, please visit his website at www.geraldgangram.com. That's J-E-R-A-L-D-G-A-N-G-R-A-M.com. And now for a featured podcast with Allison Lewis about her book, The 7-Minute Solution. Happy listening. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And I have a good friend and somebody that I've known for quite some time. Actually, I was looking back at the, the podcast we did in 2013, um, which seems like a long time ago. It is. It's eight years ago. Um, we're going to be not only speaking about her new book called The One Minute Solution by Allison Lewis, but we're going to be speaking about her training courses as well and how people can get involved in those training courses. Um, Allison, just so everybody knows, she is the Director of Learning and Innovation at The 7 Minute Life. She's the founder of the company. Um, her purpose is to help people thrive. Uh, she inspires people to re-engage them at work in their life, their passion, their purpose, clarity, commitment, productivity, kindness, excitement, adventure. She's there. Now, she's the author of this book, as I said, um, sold over one, well, she's got over 130,000 copies translated into different languages, but she also has audio uh, programs as well, The 7 Minute Difference, uh, Small Steps to Big Change. Um, you can go to her website and click on that and check it out. Um, she's been doing this for a long time prior to her getting into this. Um, she was in uh, the stock brokerage business, uh, which makes her, you have to be a good time manager if you're doing that. And um, a big uh, shift in her life was when a friend of hers met her on the church steps and told her she had cancer. And so that, I think, for a lot of people, changes things. So, Allison, good day to you. Thanks for being on the show. You are very welcome, and I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you. And you know, you and I are personal friends, and we've had many dynamic conversations about the world of goal setting, task management, time management, and generally organizing one life's in general. Um, what was the personal impetus for you writing this book, and what do you hope that the readers would take away from the Seven Minute Solution book? And then I'm going to caveat that not just the book, but the training courses as well, because you've extensively. The reason we're actually having another interview is because you've expanded this immensely into an app and uh, you've got online material and you've got a, a Kajabi class and you've got all kinds of things. So 
Uh, go ahead and tell our listeners what's going on with you. Well, it, it's an exciting time. And I'll, I'll go back to your first question of where did it all start? I know the day it started, actually, I think for all of us, there's comes this point where there's a tipping point in life. And I had just flat out smacked it in the face. You know, I was exhausted. I was a mother, a stockbroker. I was doing all of these things. And one morning I woke up and I said, is this all there is? You know, am I using my time wisely? I was overwhelmed, stuck, frozen and exhausted. And as people listen to this, I can already see their heads shaking. Yes, that sounds a lot like me. And when you have this kind of what we call an inciting event where something, it's almost like something switches, you know, that there's a, a point in time, you either have a choice in there to stay where you are and let life continue in the same way you've always done it, or you can make a choice to turn to a different direction and make life different. And that's what happened to me. As I said, here I am, I'm a 43-year-old woman, very successful in business, but I have to believe that life has to be more than just getting more things done. It has to have alignment with our heart, body, mind, and soul. And we have to be able to re-engage with compassion and kindness and reaching out so that we can find freedom in life. And that's why I've written all these books is why can't you find that single piece of life that you feel like is missing? And so the seven minute life is helping people not only realize they can have it, but actually delivering through our books, through our classes, but more importantly, through very specific training, the specific step-by-step platform of how you can have those things back in your life. So that's what we're doing. Well, you know, we mentioned the neuroscience of this. And I think that as 13 years have passed, the doctors and the scientists have really advanced this quite a distance. Um, in the days 13 years ago, when we talked about this, it was completely different than what it is today. Um, the world has definitely sped up. Um, the uh, ability at which we can make connections with others and be on cell phones and instant messages and all that. Um, it, 13 years ago, when we did your book, it was pretty infantile uh, in comparison to the speed at which it's moving today. What in your estimation, because you've been tracking all this, um, are the biggest developments that you think we've seen with relation to how our brain cognitively processes this and how we can as beings learn how to cope with it? That is a perfect question. You know, I know that people are asking that very same question as they're listening to this. And the problem with the human mind is that it has limited capacity. We receive so much information second by second that what the brain is trying to do is it's trying to filter through and determine in milliseconds what is most important in our life. What should I focus on now? It's that literal, is this the most important thing? But what we've gotten used to is we're just splashed with so much information that from a neuroscience, a lot of it's just what we see. And so we have so much visual content coming in that we're just constantly distracted, whether it's by our phone or text messages or things on our desk. So what we believe can happen 
is creating behaviors by simply stepping out of that noise and creating a discipline that says, I'm not going to live in that chaos. I'm going to take seven minutes. You know how important meditation is now. I'm going to take seven minutes to think about what's most important, not the millions of things, but what are the few things I can do? I'm going to think about it. I'm going to clarify it and ask, is this going to lead me toward a goal? I'm going to plan it. I'm going to prioritize those tasks. And what we found from a neuroscience place is we can become predictive by reviewing our habits of what we've done in the past. And we can begin to unlock those secrets of, am I focusing on the right things? Because when I'm focusing on the right things, I'm more engaged. It's easier for me to do. And there's a direct correlation with how happy you are in life, how much connection, how much passion and engagement you have with focusing on things that matter during your day. So how you spend the minutes of your day become the reality of what you live. And the brain science of that is we have to have processes and systems to keep us on track. Well, that was very well put. And I think that my listeners are understand that. And I, the other thing is, you know, look, you in the book, you certainly touch on purpose. You certainly touch on values. Um, you certainly touch on vision. The book is is for my listeners. This is the book. It's packed full. She's also got a planner that's on special right now that you could get for fourteen ninety five. But my point is this: is as we throughout the years <clears throat> have discussed that in your estimation. Um, not so much how important, how do we embed that so that we're living it versus just lip serving it, which is, okay, I wrote it. It's in Allison's workbook, right? Because that's one of the things that we can do versus us really learning how to take it in and have it become part of our whole system of our, our body that we go, okay. You know, that purpose statement I wrote is important to me. Those values that I have are important to me. And values don't normally shift. They can a little bit, um, but we found over the years they don't. Why Why do you believe that this is the foundation of almost any of these programs? Well, I want you to think Franklin Covey with a mashup with Tony Robbins, you know, the old style, we've got to plan out our day with a little bit jazzier, let's motivate ourselves. I think that's where the world has kind of stopped is having some kind of written planner with some kind of motivation behind it. That's okay. But what really people need is they need behaviors. You know, you can understand that you need to improve your time management. You can have the motivation to improve your time management, but until you have the tools and disciplines, Nothing's going to change. And one of my favorite quotes is from Dawson Trotman, who says, my thoughts disentangle themselves when they pass through my fingertips. Let me say that again. My thoughts disentangle themselves when they pass through my fingertips. I think what's different is not just writing down a to-do list, not just writing down the affirmations, which can be good but to actually really write down, and I'm not sure if you can see this. 
Oh, yeah, they can see it. <laughs> but when you prioritize what's most important to you physically with a pen and a piece of paper and you say, I want to help people with their mental health or I want to re-engage with people with their well-being and their health and spend time with their family or that third one. Yeah, that we I can have see it. Freedom, peace, compassion, kindness. It's that holding that in your hand and choosing what you're going to let into your life that changes everything. Am I willing to take seven minutes to look at what's most important, to understand what I need to get done, what's going to lead me forward, and then to wrap it in this wrapper of aligning your business goals with your personal goals with the action you're going to take right in this moment in time and being consciously aware that every moment matters. And then it becomes a choice. And the hard part is you may want to do it, but you got to create the behaviors. That's where the neuroscience, our cognitive models have been. It is okay to live in a world that's distracted. It's okay to be in a thousand miles per hour. We want to help you do what we call the art of subtraction. Get rid of the noise, prune out the unimportant and really focus on what's going to make life different, better. How are you going to prioritize, organize? And it's that simplify. What are you going to do that's going to make life grow and continually challenge you and to find something that you never even dreamt imagined? Well, I know, I know that, you know, you, you as a um, thought leader in this, you, you virtually have always believed in the tacticalness of writing down between the pen and the paper. And as this world has evolved, you understand that the digital world has pretty much uh, accelerated beyond that tacticalness of writing things on paper. You even see people come into meetings now and they've got their iPads and they're writing on them or they're writing on something electronical, electronic. And you and I were talking about this because you you bought uh, Remarkable 2 and you sent it back because of, you know, just things. Where are you with the seven-minute life and your integration between, you know, this digital world, which if you look at the millennials versus you and I are boomers and then all the various stages in between, there's lots of them. Um, they've adopted so much the, and, and that is our world now, uh, the, this device that we all hold every day to do everything. It, it does everything. So where are we with you and the seven minute life as far as your evolution and your belief about that tacticalness? Wow. That's a great question. You know, I still believe that there's going to be a place for a pen and a piece of paper. So I want to take you on a thought exercise, Greg. Okay. When you're building technology. Sure, Allison, sure. It's kind of like <laughs> Einstein and the elevator theory of where he came up with all of these things. So here's the thought exercise. Remember, those digital devices have pens now, too. <laughs> they just don't use ink. <laughs> That's true. Here's the thought exercise. As a technology company, technology has been created to make things faster, easier, better, more robust, right? So the technology, this is the challenge. And you and I have talked about this. The, the challenge is, can we make the technology 
faster, simpler, and more robust than taking a pen and a piece of paper and thinking through something. And so as we try to merge, because you're right, people take their their tablets into a, a meeting, but there's always this tactical, I've got a piece of paper somewhere and I've got my phone somewhere else. So how do we begin to merge these things? And from a thought exercise, which one's going to be faster and which one's going to embed in the brain more? So the question, the problem is people are busy. The last thing they want is one more thing that they have to do that has to do with time management that's going to take time away from them. And so we're trying to take an ink pen and a piece of paper and blend it with an application where people's lives can be better. And so the thought exercise begins, if 62% of people, which is what they're telling us, are still going to walk into a meeting with a daily planner, with a moleskin, with a pen, then how do we merge that? So here's what we think is going to happen. We think that the input will still be with a pen and a piece of paper. And you and I have talked about this with some of the technology that's out there. So let me just pull up an example. Yeah, like Neo Smart Pen, where it actually turns it digital, but you're writing on real paper with a real pen. So So, (laughs) imagine if the input, what you're putting in is with pen and paper. Mm -hmm. Okay. Again, technology has to be faster than what you're using now. So regular paper, regular planner. But then through our technology, all you have to do is use Scannable, which is one of my favorite pieces. It will upload into our digital platform and it will hold, you know, a lot of time management is nothing more than a repository. So it will hold all of that information. But through what we're creating, through the artificial intelligence and machine learning, the information that you upload is going to be so much different than just a pen it's going to become predictive for your own life, like a Fitbit. If you walk 10,000 miles, you know, 10,000 miles, listen to me, I only wish. If you walk (laughs) 10,000 steps a day, you know your life is going to be better. Mm -hmm. As the artificial intelligence learns what your goals are, what you're trying to accomplish, what makes you happy, it will become predictive from what you've written down. So it's not about inputting into a, a phone. It's about having the output come to the phone. Well, I like how you, you say that, but it's also too, and I'm going to add, you know, for years, we all went with a yellow pad and a pencil or a pa- piece of paper, and then we would save those pieces of paper. So it's about recall. The good thing about the the recognition, handwriting recognition in these tools to expedite things is, hey, I was in that meeting and I, I know my notes are somewhere. I got to find them. Um, for me, I used to keep them in stacks in a folder next to my desk. And then I would have to try and find, you know, where that note was. Uh, and this isn't pre-digital because there were computers back then. There just weren't the, the abundance of devices that could be used in like a boardroom or a conference room or whatever to take notes. And now we are on the advent of very, very accurate AI with voice recognition for those same things. So when you walk in the room, 
you tell everyone it's being recorded, like we're recording this. This now is turning into a transcript almost immediately through a thing called Otter AI. So we are on the verge of so many different changes, Allison. But I do want to touch on a point. Your chapter um, about consciously aware. You discuss the differences between attention and choosing to become consciously aware. And if this is an important point for people, okay? Um, you can't change a habit or behavior unless you're, behave- you're aware of the behavior in which you are currently, currently doing, right? Correct. So speak with us about those differences and why you believe it's so important. Okay. So I'm going to show you the conscious awareness part. And you've, se- you've seen this before. But when we talk about stacks of input, these are all the planners I have going back for the last 12 years. Mm-hmm. What I'm aware of is that the things that I've accomplished, this is the life I've led. I mean, these are the lunch meetings I've had, the people I've had phone calls with, the thoughts I've had about what am I grateful for? What am I spending my time on? I'm hoping to run that through artificial intelligence. All of these capture pieces, because what we pay attention is what our life becomes. And just what you were saying is that when I go back and look, I become very consciously aware of what my time has been in the past. You know, we were talking about I hit a tipping point. Conscious awareness is when we hit the past. I see something that you're showing. What is that? I can't hear you. I I, I can't hear you. So this says the Buddha, and it's a coaster. What you think you become? Okay, so so that's really it's that simple. I mean, that's where we've distilled this down to is, you know, what you think about your most dominant thought, uh, you can become that. And the subconscious is so important. And you have something called these ninety day goal worksheets, right? They're everywhere. You know, Um, how would our listeners use the tool either digitally because you can fill them in on uh, their fillable forms as well um, or important to set the goal because we've been talking about goal setting with Goalscape, but also these proximal goals, right? It's like, okay, you said, I become what I think about but that's a really big dream and I can't see all the steps to getting there and where people give up is they get frustrated. And we were going to have a question about determination here about grit. We realize how important that is in the equation. So try if you would to address your 90 day goal sheets, how important it is to have the subsets and how important it is to apply grit and determination to that as well. That is probably the best question that that anyone can ask me. If I could wave a magic wand and you could get everything done today that was on your to-do list, the question that I would ask is, did it move you toward a goal? You know, that's where time management gets all messy is we can be busy, but let's assume that this is a goal that we're starting here and we want to finish here. This is what we have to determine first. It doesn't matter what you spend your time on until you have clarified that North Star, until you clearly see it. If it's revenues, then what revenues? Is it 
purpose in life, then what purpose? And so the 90-day worksheet that we have, let me see if I can't just pull one out. So here's an example of a 90-day worksheet. It's that simple. When you decide, here's my North Star, I'm going to disentangle my thoughts with a pen and I write it down, then you're making an emotional, mental, behavioral commitment to it. And what we were talking about is that once you write the goal down, it doesn't stop there. What are the steps, the procedures, the behaviors that you're going to have to take to reach that goal? People don't know. But back to your point, I'm going to step back from a moment and say goals are meaningless unless you have the grit. I think people think the goal drives you towards the grit. What we've got to do is find that internal burning sensation of what are we willing to work so hard for? What is the grit, the perseverance, the commitment? Determination means putting a stake in the ground and saying, no more, I'm moving forward. We've got to have that internal understanding of what drives us at the deepest core of who we are. That's when cognitive awareness is going to heighten, when attention is going to heighten, when you're going to get clarity on those goals, and you're going to want to accomplish them. And it's going to break back down to taking seven minutes to thinking about why those goals are important. How does it align with your purpose in life? And then are you or are you not going to take steps, actions? Are you going to spend your time focusing on tiny little steps that are going to move you towards who you want to be? This is so incredibly important. Well, what I think too is it's energy management. And one of those things that you have to know how to do is you have to learn how to manage energy. You only have so much. And people who age think they have as much as they did when they were younger. And that's bullcrap. The reality is you need to even become better at managing your energy. And Allison, you know, the book is filled with great advice and it comes to time strategies and prioritizations. And with this final kind of departing question here, I want you to... uh, Sum up, really, number one, we're going to send them to the website. So they're going to be able to sign up for the course. And it's the7minutelife.com, the7minutelife.com. You can really learn anything you want about Allison pricing projects, uh, the learning programs, what you want to get from there, learn about her team. And we'll have that link in the blog as well. Like I said, this is our second visit with Allison in 13 years, way too long in between. But Allison's programs have evolved so much. It's so important that people go take a look at this. Um, If you would, Allison, um, your book, again, filled with a lot more advice than we've been able to handle in a half an hour. But what is it that you'd want to leave the listeners with that you think are the three most important things that they could get from either one of your courses or reading one of your books, or listening to one of your audio tapes? I think the big takeaway here is that nothing changes until we believe we want to change. And for me, the only way that that has happened is when I'm, and I'm just going to show you, these are the classes that we teach. Just like your podcast is every week, we can't change unless we're willing to learn. It's not something that you can read in a book. It's something that really we believe 
for this to happen, you need to be enrolled in a group with other people talking about how time affects life, affects happiness. And so the link that we're going to drive them toward is a seven-week class where they come in with other people and they learn about time management. They learn about their purpose. They understand their goals. And it breaks down, here's the key piece, is to the simplicity of your thoughts disentangle themselves when they pass through your fingertips, but that's just your thoughts. Your life changes when you take actions on the things that you believe are most important. The big takeaway is we think the seven-minute life is life-altering. The only way to learn it is to choose to have deep learning, and you do that through classes in a community. That'd be the takeaway. Well, this is my endorsement. I've gone through the class and not only the class, the train their trainer program. And what I would say is that the content, look, you take away what's most important to you and you apply what's important, most important to you. It's like any course. Um, We used to sit in universities and listen to professors lecture at us stadium style. I did that forever, but there only needs to be one breakthrough in a class or actually a whole semester. Um, And those are the events that actually change your life. Um, The breakthrough thoughts you have, the ideas you have, the ways you choose to apply those to your life and the inspiration it gives you. I know you talk about motivation and I think motivation is intrinsic or extrinsic, but really the inspiration that you get as a result of being part of the community And applying that. And Allison, it's been an honor having you on Inside Personal Growth and spending a few minutes um, with our listeners again for the second time. We'll put a link to the old podcast, which was, uh, I think it was November of 2013. People will be able to check that one out as well, as well as this podcast with links to not only uh, her website, but also, like she said, a place where you can go to get the course. Thanks for being on. Uh, blessings to you. I know you're headed to go to a jazz festival, so have fun down there with your parents at the jazz festival. That sounds like a lot of fun. I love it. And thanks for all you do, Greg. It's been my pleasure.